The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Governor Glenn Youngkin won't commit to signing legislation during his term that would create a legal recreational marijuana marketplace for adults. Speaking to reporters Thursday, Youngkin said it was up to lawmakers to come up with a plan. Ben Pavier with VPM News has more. Governor Youngkin popped by Richmond's Westwood Fountain to pitch tax cuts to a friendly crowd of Republicans. It's expensive to live here and we can fix this. Youngkin wouldn't directly say whether he'll ever support legalizing a new revenue stream, retail marijuana sales. It's a General Assembly issue. I don't write legislation for them. They've got to sort this out. On Tuesday, House Republicans defeated the last remaining bill in this year's legislative session that would have legalized retail cannabis sales for adults 21 and older. A representative for Youngkin spoke out against the bill, saying the governor was focused on cracking down on intoxicating hemp products like Delta 8. J.M. Padini, director of the advocacy group Virginia Normal, responded to the governor's statement. They said Youngkin's lack of direction on cannabis sales caused multiple bills to fail, including two from his own party. Ben Pavier, VPM News. A House of Delegates subcommittee killed a bill Tuesday that would have required the state to disclose who's using credit cards paid off with state tax revenue. Democratic State Senator Scott Surovell introduced the bill to amend Virginia's Freedom of Information Act so the names of state employees could not be redacted from records. It was supported by the Virginia Coalition for Open Government, according to the Virginia Mercury. After passing the Senate 39-0, to the proposal died in a 4-3 to party-line vote. In 2022, Richmond City Council gave city workers the ability to collectively bargain and form a union. VPM News' Jad Khalil reports the city's workforce just took a crucial step in unionizing. On Thursday, union organizers lit a charcoal grill across the street from City Hall. The wind carries a smell across the street. There, Linda Brown makes an announcement. We have gathered overwhelming support from Richmond City employees, we have filed for our union election. Three groups covering about 2,000 employees announced their filing. Brown works for what's known as the Administrative and Technical Unit, which, alongside the city's professionals, filed to join the SEIU. Labor and trades workers filed for an election to join the Teamsters. Mavis Green is one of them. He said working conditions have isolated city employees. When you come to work, and you work 80 hours, and your health care is more than your net, that's the other city. Police and fire units filed for their union elections in 2022. If most workers in any of these groups vote to organize, then the next step will be negotiating a labor contract with the city. Jad Khalil, VPM News. A proposal failed in a Virginia Senate committee that would have restricted what teams transgender athletes in K-12 and college were able to play for. If passed, the bill would have meant that trans students were required to play only on teams that aligned with their biological sex at birth, according to the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Senator Siobhan Dunavant was the lone Republican to vote with Democrats to defeat the bill. 
The Virginia Museum of Fine Arts has a slate of programming to mark Black History Month, including a Friday screening of Lead Belly, a film directed by Gordon Parks. VPM News Digital Editor Dave Cantor spoke to a University of Virginia professor who studied Parks' career as it moved from photography and writing to filmmaking. John Edwin Mason was a kid when CBS aired a documentary about Parks. He saw a version of himself in the Cultured Life magazine photographer. I saw that and related to it a bit because here was a man who was black and who liked classical music. And I hadn't run into many black people who liked classical music besides me. So it was nice to be reaffirmed in that. But um, it was Shaft that really got me excited. Parks helped communicate the experience of black Americans to a huge audience through the text and photos he published in the magazine. He eventually wrote a semi-autobiographical novel, which became his first feature film in 1969, called The Learning Tree. His movies made him rich. So, you know, it is moving from fame to celebrity and from affluence to great wealth. Parks would go on to bring the first black action hero to the screen in Shaft, followed five years later by Leadbelly, a fictionalized account of the blues and folk guitarist Hudie Ledbetter. The Friday showing serves as a companion to VMFA's Storied Strings, the Guitar in American Art, which runs through March 19th. Dave Cantor, VPM News. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org slash news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.